It's like an alien ship is about to land. Um, well, um, there is no one but, um, that can stand before a congregation and can say that their congregation look more beautiful than the one that's before me. Um, so you guys win the most beautiful congregation award on this Sunday. Um, it is a privilege. It is an honor. And I'm always humbled for uh, to have this opportunity to stand before you guys and declare God's word that he would use um, someone like me um, and for you all, that you all can share the gospel and teach it and, and spread it to those um, that do not know God. It is an honor and it's a humbling experience. Um, I have friends and family members here. Um, really, I want to thank the Wilsons for coming out today and the Mahesh family. Um, but I also see um, Mr. Naren and Mr. Owens' family here today, too, and I really, really appreciate that. It's humbling. Um, and for some of the congregational members that haven't been here in a while, I'm not going to uh, call you out, though. Uh, no. No, I understand uh, vacation and, and family time, which is why Alex is out today, and um, I am not Alex. I saw in your bulletin um, that you do not know who is preaching or where he's coming from or the subject. Um, my name is Lyle Lee. I am preaching from Psalm 23, and the simple topic is the Lord is my shepherd. Um, before I go into it, I will be lifting up a prayer for uh, my brother Travis. He is about to turn 15 um, in two days. Um, he's 15, and he's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So y'all pray for my mom. Uh, she cannot keep food or clothes uh, satisfied. Um, and I'll also be lifting up um, Jenica and Marcel. Jenica will be going to Auburn this fall, and she's getting ready to go to orientation this week, uh, today. So we pray for safe travels for um, Marcel and Jenica. Um, so with that all said, uh, to Alex and his family in their absence, to the elders and deacons of the church, and to you, you beautiful people that make up this congregation, it is uh, a great joy and a blessing to be in the house of the Lord again. Let us go to him in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I first want to thank you and praise you for um, Katie's kidney reports um, and her scans. And um, thank you, Lord, for the blessing and the miracles you have continued to perform in her life and her family's life um, since I've known them. Um, Lord, I lift up Marcel and Jenica as they um, get ready to travel to Auburn, that you will um, watch over them, that you will send your angels to surround the car and protect them from from all the idiots on the road, Lord. Um, Lord, I thank you for my brother. I pray that you will continue to uh, grow him, to have a heart that will seek after you and to, that will continue to learn to um, want to love you more. Um, I thank you for my family and all the people you have placed in my life. At this time, Lord, I pray that you will completely decrease me, that you may completely increase. Empty me out as a vessel ready to be filled up with you, Lord that I may stand before your people, that they may see none of me but all of you. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 1 is where my subject is coming from. And um, if you would just stay there, I just want to talk. That's all I want to do. I just want to talk about Psalm 23 today. Um, but for our verse, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I told you guys that my main focus is simple, simply the Lord it's my shepherd. All right, let me lower this just a little bit. God cannot be recognized by us. 
He cannot be recognized by us. He must be revealed. And there's only one person that's qualified to reveal God, and that's God. Only God can reveal himself to us. We cannot understand how great God is because he embarrasses greatness. And, and so we try to come up with all these really cool words to, to describe God and to try to explain them better. And, and so when we, when we come to the idea of, of how powerful God is, um, we have come up with the word omnipotent. And in the African-American church, they, they wouldn't know how to pronounce or spell any of these words on the way up. Now, now we, we, we are greatly improved. But on the way up, they wouldn't understand. But they did know that God was sovereign. He had all powerful. And they would say stuff like this. He got the whole world in his hands. He got you. He got me. He got the little bitty babies. He got the whole world in his hand. I got some more. I got some more. All right. So I grew up in the church. I lived, I lived in it. And I understand, and I understand that when, when you guys said omniscient, God is omniscient, uh, to try to describe uh, his all-knowing. They would say something like this. They would say, he sits high and he looks low. And he knows all that's going on. That, that's how they would describe it. To try to describe God's, um, that God is omnibenevolent. Benevolent. I can't even pronounce it on things. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, omnibenevolent. It was, it's real simple. It's real simple. He is working everything together for my good. And my favorite, my favorite way of them describing um, God, him being everywhere, him being everywhere. And we use the word uh, omnipresent. And they have two ways of describing. They would say, Lyle, I, I would sit down on their feet, and they say, Lyle, he's so high that you can't go over him. And, and he's so low that you can't go under him. He's so wise you can't go around him. You must go in at the door. And, and my favorite is that they would say that, that God is so big. That when he moves, he just bumps into himself. <laughs> we have a hard time describing and explaining who God is. But one thing that we notice is that throughout the Bible, God uses the words shepherd and sheep. When he often describes his people, he'll say something like, all are like sheep that have gone astray. Or, or when he used the parable, he would say that it's like a man that had 100 sheep. Would he not leave the 99 to go after the one that is lost? Some of the greatest and most applauded men in the Bible were shepherds. And I'm just going to give you a few, a few examples. Abel, perhaps one of the first best examples of how to worship God and, and sacrifice to him with your whole heart. He was a shepherd. One of the greatest leaders and greatest prophets in Israel history, Moses was a shepherd. Our Lord God himself, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And so we look at David, and David is what they classify in the Bible as a super shepherd, that, that he has fought off lions and bears with his bare hands to protect his sheep, that he has had the experience of being a shepherd all his life from a youth to adulthood. And so one day, he, he comes to me and he says, Lyle, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe who God is. And I said, David, they got a lot of big words out there. Be careful. And David said, 
the best way I can put it is the same way that I look after my sheep. The same way I put my life on the line for my sheep. God does the same thing for me. So I hope you sit by somebody you like. I'm going to ask you guys for a couple of times to talk to each other. Now, if you don't like the person you're sitting next to, just slowly get up and, and walk away. And, and it, <laughs> all right, I'm going to get a lot of people in trouble today. The best way to describe God for David is to say, the same way I look after my sheep, God looks after me. So I want you to tell your friend that's next to you, the Lord is the shepherd. Okay, somebody don't like the person that's next to him. Tell him, say, the Lord is the shepherd. And I am the sheep. All right, y'all said it, not me. So I'm going to tell y'all about this. So I'm going to tell you some characteristics about sheep. Now, remember, you said it, not me, all right? So no one get mad at me at this sermon. You are the sheep. We are the sheep. And the Lord is our shepherd. Sheep, they have all molars. They have all molars. That's why they don't eat meat. They have very flat teeth. And so they have to chew on green grass. If they chew on hard or dry or brown grass, they won't chew it all the way. Eventually, they may choke. Uh, they, their nose is pretty close to their mouth. And so because of that, sometimes many have almost drowned just trying to drink water because they're, they're trying to drink water and it's splashing up in their nose. And so because of that, either they will leave water alone or they'd be so scared to drink water that they will go days without drinking it and they would be close to dehydrating. And then lastly, the, the point I want to bring up, now that's a lot of characteristics of sheep. The last one I want to put out is that they're gullible. Y'all know what they're, they're naive. That, that they will walk everywhere they go with their heads down for minutes, sometimes an hour at a time. And they will run into trees, and they won't look up there, just back up and keep going. Some sheep, it has been recorded and proven that some sheep will walk with their head down, little children. And they will walk with their head down, and then they'll finally look up, and they walk right in the middle of a pack of wolves. There has been sheep that have walked straight off a cliff because they walk with their heads down, never looking up. So if I can best describe sheep, I was just, if I, in one word, I will say sheep are stupid. Now, now I'm not calling you stupid. You say you're sheep. I'm just telling you about them, all right? And, and so I'm not calling you stupid. What I'm saying is, what I'm, what I'm really trying to put home is that you need a shepherd. That if you don't have a shepherd, you would try to eat and chew the brown grass of trials that are in your life. And you will probably choke. That without a shepherd, you, you would try to drink from the troubled waters that life brings. And you'll come pretty close to drowning. Without a shepherd, many of you will walk and you'll walk right in the middle of a pack of wolves or walk right off a cliff and not know it until it's too late if you have a shepherd. But I have a pretty good recommendation for you because the Lord is my shepherd. And if, if I can recommend him to you, I will tell you that you should try my Lord because he doesn't let you eat brown grass. He makes you lie down in green pastures. That if I can give you his resume, I would tell you that he always leading me beside still waters. The Lord is my shepherd. And, and, and when you don't know which way to go, my Bible tells me that he leads you in the path of righteousness. The Lord is my shepherd. And my brothers and sisters, you need a shepherd. Now, it gets real good. Because it says that, I'm just talking to you, he leads you. 
in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. When you live a righteous life, when you live a life that is pleasing to him, it's for one reason and one reason only. And that's for his name and his name's glory. And God, there are, there are shepherds. And, and even back then and even to the day, they will brand or mark their sheep. So everybody know that's my sheep. That's my sheep. And you would look at the tag or you would look at the brand on them and you would, you would say that sheep looks pretty good. And because that sheep looked pretty good, you would say the shepherd is a good shepherd. Or you would say, oh, oh that sheep is, is, isn't taken care of well. And you would say that that shepherd is a bad shepherd. And so when we look at it, you can get to the point where you can just look at a sheep and you can say, I know exactly who he belongs to just by the way he looks. And so... With that being said, we have to understand that God has no choice but to take care of his people. He has no choice but to supply my every needs. God, he has to forgive us. He, he has to save us. He, he has to protect us. He has to provide for us and deliver us because his reputation is on the line. That's why David, he sat down, he got a, a pencil and paper, and he wrote down, I once was young. But now I'm old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. There, you too can look over your life. And you can say, I, I may have been, I may have been troubled, but God was right there. You can, you can say that I, I've seen some sheep, and I've seen some sheep beaten, but God was there. I, I've seen some sheep that has been hungry. But God was there. I've seen some sheep that couldn't sleep at night, but God was there. I've seen them scared. I've seen them without jobs, but God was always there. Paul said that I'm troubled on every side, but I'm not distressed. I, I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I, I could be, and, I, and I'm possibly persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I can be cast down, but I won't be destroyed. The truth of the matter, children of God, is that God will gladly take care of you, not because you're perfect, not because you're holy, not because you deserve it, but simply for his name's sake. Moses was able to stop God from wiping out the whole uh, tribe of Israel. God said, Moses, I'm going to get rid of all of them, and I'm going to start with a new race, nothing but Moses. That would have been very weird. But he said, God, you can't do that. Because the other countries and the other nations, they will hear about it. And they would say, God couldn't have patience with his people. God can save his people. And God spared Israel simply because Moses put his reputation on the line. It's because of his reputation that he tells the prophets in Ezekiel uh, 34 that he put a curse on the false uh, shepherds, on the bad shepherds. Because they was feeding themselves. They, they wasn't taking care of the sheep. They wasn't protecting them. They was running from the wolves. And he said, you know what? You're not taking care of my sheep. And God says, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I will rescue them from all places. I will feed them with good pastures. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. It is for his name's sake. And so when you're blessed... And when you're living a lifestyle that shows that you're well protected and well provided for, your answer should be, all glory be to God. But even when you're persecuted, and even when you're in, in times of, bad, of struggles and you're suffering, you must understand that God is right there. 
And he promises us two things as two things as believers. And my children know this. The one is that he will never leave you. He will always be there. And two, you will live. He promised you eternal life. Now, there's a change of audience from, from verse 3 to verse 4. There's a change of audience. It says, all 1, 2, and 3 is talking about the Lord and, and what he does. He would do this. He does that. He does that. And then he gets to, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He, he goes from talking about God to talking to God. And, and this, this, isn't, this isn't in, the, in, the, in the, uh, the, the, the script. But I would like to suggest that for some strange reason, as long as he was in green pastures, he had friends and, and family to talk to. I would like to suggest that as long as, as he said, I shall not want, he had somebody to talk to. That as long as he was being led beside still waters and was walking in the paths of righteousness, he had plenty of people that he can say, God, God does this. But now he's in that valley, that dark valley. And it seems like the only person he can talk to is God. And so it shifts, and he is no longer talking about God, but to God. You guys remember the story of the prodigal son? As long as he had money to, to pay for the tab and, and to pick up your food, and I'll buy this right here, he had plenty of friends. But it seems like when trouble arises, that's when you find out who is really with you. And I will tell you that from now to the end of your life, it will only be one person that's consistently with you, and that's God. And so after the transition, or during the transition, David says, even though I walk through the valley. That's a, that's a good theology. I'm going to teach you a new theology. It's called an even though theology. Job in 1315 said, uh, said, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Even though Daniel knew that, that if he prayed to God, he would be thrown in the lion's den. That's an even though theology. That, that the three Hebrew boys, even though Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, or as Ebony's uh, pastor in Mississippi would say, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro, um, <laughs> even though they knew, even though they knew that they would be cast in the fire. Even though they knew, they still trusted the Lord and said, our God is able to deliver us. Even though, that's a good theology. Even though you don't make the grades you want to make, children. Even though your family may turn on you. Even though people may lie on you. Even though you may lose your job, you must say, God, I trust you. <clears throat> God is able to deliver us. He must take you through verse 4 to get you to verse 5. You know what verse 5 is, right? It's that, that table part where you get to eat some good food. <laughs> to eat some good food. You must go through verse 4. It's, it's, simple. it's simple number, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You must go through verse 4. In order to get to verse 5, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, you guys got to catch this. It's after the valley. All right, he prepares the table bef after the valley before you in the presence of your enemies. 
after the valley, before you in the presence of your enemies. Now, this, is, this, this gets good because you have to understand what the word before means. God doesn't, you doesn't get, he, David doesn't say, I get to the table and the food is completely ready and I just eat and I just eat. That's not what he says. It's this image of you getting to the table and there's nothing there. And God puts his holy apron on and he comes and he puts a cup of water before you. And this is done in the presence of your enemies. And so they're laughing at you. Because they have their medium rare, whatever type of steak, you like T-bone steak in their hand. And they're eating it. And they see you with just a cup of water and they're laughing. And then God, he brings some silverware. And now you got a spoon and a fork, but you have nothing to eat. And they're laughing at you. And, and eventually he comes and he gives you a soup and salad. And they're still laughing at you because I have to, do not be jealous of your enemies. Be patient and wait on the Lord. It is in their presence that God prepares your table. Some of the greatest victories in sports and in, in war and boxing, and, and the greatest victories are done in front of the enemies, on the away court, on the away football field, on their land that you win the battle. That's some of the greatest victories. And so God teaches us not to hate our enemies, but to love them, because it seems like it's certain blessings and miracles he would do only in their presence. Now, I'm not doing a prosperity gospel. I want y'all to know that. There will be suffering in the presence of your enemies. When God says to Jeremiah, I knew you. I know the plans I have for you. He wasn't telling him that I know the plans I have for you to prosper and to do this in your own land. Jeremiah was in captivity. And we like to quote that and we like, God knows the plans he has for me. Yeah, to be in captivity. <laughs> All right. Y'all made me go off topic a little bit. The Lord is my shepherd. And David says that he anoints my head with oil. Oh, it feels good to be anointed. It feels good to be anointed by God. And David understands how powerful it is to be anointed. Because in First Chronicles 16 and Psalm 105, he says, touch not my anointed. And that's a warning. See, with the oil... For the sheep, it can, it can be several things that they do for it. One, remember I told you how they walk around, they bump their heads. Well, the oil can help heal the, the, uh, the bruises and the bleeding. Um, they can have a problem breathing, and, and the oil will help them breathe again. But one of the best reasons they anoint the sheep head with oil, it was a repellent for snakes. It was a repellent. And David understands that. So when David is anointed and he understands that God's anointed him, he's warning the wolves. And he's one of his enemies. Do not touch my anointed. That it'll be better for you guys to take a boulder, a huge rock, children, and to tie it around your neck and throw it in the ocean before you to mess with one of God's children. God has anointed his people. If you're his people, he has anointed you. And that's, that's a relief to know that God has his hands of protection around you. Now I'm going to get on down to where David says, I will dwell, let me, let me see how they say it in, in this version. Yeah, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, sometimes the shepherd, when they didn't, they was too tired to watch outside or they didn't want to watch the sheep outside, they would let the sheep or at least the privileged ones come inside the house. And there's no peace and no protection like being inside of your shepherd's house. And David has said that one day, we're going to get into our shepherd's house. 
and we're going to dwell in there forever. We will live, oh, to have that day where we can live in the master's house. Jesus said in John 10, I'm the good shepherd, right? Well, four chapters later, he says, I go to prepare a place. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it was not so, I would have told you. Now I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare it, I must come back and receive you. So that where I am, you may be also. There will be no peace. There will be no protection that you will ever feel till you finally get inside your shepherd's house. And so if you don't have a shepherd today, I want to give you my shepherd's resume, and I want to tell you that you should try my shepherd. Can I tell you about my shepherd? Can I tell you about my shepherd? My shepherd was born in a barn. My shepherd healed some of his sheep, and he even raised some of them from the dead. My shepherd has fed his sheep, some 5,000, some 4,000 at a time. And he's even eaten with some of the lost sheep. My shepherd said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Can I tell you about my shepherd? He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. He was like a sheep that is led to the slaughter. He was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. Can I tell you about my shepherd? They put a cross on his shoulder. And they marched him up a hill that they called Calvary. And they stretched him wide. They, they nailed his hands. They nailed his feet. And they raised him up high. The, the, they tell me that the sun stopped shining, that the moon was dripping blood, that the stars fell from the sky. And even though he couldn't breathe because his lungs and his chest was collapsing from hanging on the cross, he found the oxygen, the wind, the strength to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He died, but he didn't say that. Catch that. It's important. He died, but he didn't say that. He raised himself up from the dead, and he said, I got all authority and all power, and it all belongs to me. Now, you don't have to be that much of a mathematician to understand this. If all power belongs to Jesus, then no power belongs to anyone else. So I say it like this. All power to Jesus, zero power to Buddha. All power to Jesus and zero power to Muhammad and his God. All power to Jesus and zero power to Confucius. He said, I got all power. And it's because of that that he's my shepherd. Now, because he has all power, I, I don't only have to say that the Lord is my shepherd. I can say that my shepherd is the Lord because he has all power. Who is the Lord? Well, Psalm uh, 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Lift up your heads, O gate, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Who is this king of glory? The Lord mighty in battle. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. The Lord is my shepherd. And my shepherd is the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm getting ready to shut up. So, I, I'm reminded of this story. Uh of this great magician. He does really cool card tricks. And he can, he can saw himself in half and then put himself to, together. He does really good shows. At the end of each show, 
he would recite Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he uh, make me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name. Say, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil. You prepare a table for me to press in my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And at the end of each performance, he would say that. And everybody would jump up, and they would just, ooh, and they would clap, and they would applaud him. And it was this particular young lady, this young girl. She was about 10 or 11. She loved, she loved to watch his shows. And he was coming to her town one day. And so she, she was able to get backstage. You know how kids are really sneaky. And um, she asked him, do you mind if I quote Psalm 23 at the end of the show? And he said, sure. Sure, he, he loved to get the artists involved. So at the end of his show, he told everybody, I'm going to have this young lady come up stage, be nice to her. And so she came up stage, and she quoted Psalm 23. And not one person stood up and clapped. Not one person whistled. Not one person jumped and applauded. But instead, everybody was completely silent. And if you listen out there, there was crying going on. Couples were holding each other's hands, and they were sobbing. And it was a great spirit of repentance in the room. And after the show, the man brought her backstage, and he said, I need to know, how did you do that? How did you get that reaction? All my years of doing this, I've never got that reaction from the crowd. And she said, here's the difference between you and me. You know the psalm, but I know the shepherd. My brothers and sisters, if you know the shepherd, you have something in your life that no one else has. If you know the shepherd, if you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that he is your shepherd, then you get benefits that no one else will receive. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, Lyle, what kind of benefits do I get? When you say the Lord is my shepherd, that's relationship. I shall not want that supply. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leads me beside the still waters. That's refreshment. He restores my soul. That's healing. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For his name's sake, that's purpose. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. I will fear no evil. That's protection. For you are with me. That's faithfulness. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's discipline. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. You anoint my head with oil. That's consecration. My cup runs over. That's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. Forever. That's eternity.